You're listening to Pivot Points with Kristen Quinn on the Stream Grace Network. This is Kristen Quillen. Welcome to Pivot Points, where I have fun, exciting guests on. And, you know, we talk about pivoting in life, little pivots, big pivots, all the things that just help you to encourage you and inspire you and get on going on a new path. So today I have a fellow podcaster on Stream Grace Network, the director. He's also the director of Oneness Ministries. He does counseling with his wonderful, beautiful wife, Lori, who's another fellow podcaster. Welcome, Rick. Thank you for having me, Kristen. Yeah, yeah. You know, I told Rick just this morning, well, we'll see, maybe what, an hour ago? Yep. That we were just going to wing this today. I'm an expert seat of the pants flyer. (laughs) I kind of think I am too. So we're a good matchup here to wing this today. We have a lot of experience. Yeah. I mean, I could talk to a wall probably. Yeah. As could you, right? So we're going to do fine here. And have. Yeah. Talk to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. If the wall, yeah. (laughs) Both of us. Okay. So today, um, the Lord this morning did a really neat thing put something on my heart and Rick and I can just sit here and hash this out on here and maybe it's for you out there if you're listening maybe you tuned in at just the right day just the right time just the right moment but you know this morning I'll tell you Rick it's when it's Monday Marty running my kids everywhere one had football practice um and I might add on Monday morning he had football he has they work out all summer it's called Saints Pride however if his coaches are listening, kind of hope they are. <laughs> I am not complaining. I'm just saying how my I feel about this. They have to be up there at 6.50 a.m. And it's summer. And he doesn't drive. He's, you know, 14. So guess what that means? That means mom gets to get up at whatever time and get him to practice by 6.50 a.m. He has to have breakfast because you can't go work I know, out. It's all the things. I know. And so and, and two weeks out of the month, my husband's gone. So that means I have to sneak out of the house because I have a four-year-old. So I have to sneak out and either leave her there as long as her other siblings are around. Yes. Which one isn't this week to the older and, one. And nobody from DHS is listening yeah, exactly. to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and hope that my 11 year old, if she starts crying or screaming, will hear her because yeah. he's kind of, you know, in his own little world. Um, or I have to wake her up and take her with me if they've spent the night with friends or they're gone. Or, so I'm like, this stinks. It's summer. I'm waking up my four year old. I'm waking her up on purpose. There's so much there's so much wrong with that. Yeah. Waking her up on purpose. On so many levels. Yeah, on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you feel me. If you've got uh, you know, well, any kid, you, you sometimes you don't want to wake them up, especially it's summer. Yeah. You want a little bit of quiet time, but Monday yeah. through Thursday he's there, six fifty. Holy cow. So we did that. So then we and then and then my eleven year old started baseball camp today, so he had to be there at eight. So anyway, I've been running around already today, running around. And I signed Josephine up for swim lesson. Is she there now? She went there after all this. So I'm running around this morning, you know, before 10 a.m. But as I'm sitting there, so she's just a beginner swimmer. She's just learning. She is not scared of the water, which is awesome. Yep. Um, But she does not know how to swim. Nope. Which is scary. When you're not scared of the water and you aren't, you know, you're not, you don't know how to swim. That's a, st- a, a scary combo. But I'm sitting there and I'm but, watching her. But that's scary for an, ad, for an adult 
who right. is scared for our kids. They don't even think about it. Oh, absolutely. So it's scary to us, but not to them, which is yeah, kind of a good thing, I suppose. And I think that's why, while I was sitting there, I saw such joy on her face. She was overjoyed the entire lesson. She was just giddy and smiling and giggling and excited. And the swim instructor would, you could tell, I was a back aways, but you could tell he would tell her to do something and she was so excited to do it. And then she would look back at me like, did you see that, Mom? <laughs> or she'd, you know, he threw a ring and she'd go search for it and she'd hold it up in the air to show me. I mean, it, it was the sweetest thing. Now, I am a female. I am somewhat hormonal sometimes. But I sat there in tears and I thought, this is the sweetest thing and this is why the Lord was whispering to me the whole time that's how I see you that's how he sees us our kids like out there like I could have just been griping at her in the car and probably screaming about something but at that moment there was such joy on her face and I was so um I was so excited that she's my daughter and so excited to see her joy-filled that he was whispering, that's how I see my children. All of us. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. He kept whispering, yeah. So it went in layers. So it was that first, and I was like, oh. So I got choked up, sitting there watching her, and she continued to glow and look at me, and I'm just like, he kept, it kept reminding me that that's how he sees us. When we think um, we've messed up. Zephaniah, he spins wildly over us yes and that's how I felt in that moment Uh yeah just to see her and I was so filled with just love and joy and oh my gosh I'm so grateful she's my child and um that and and that's I mean I can't we can't even understand the depths of his love for us and the fact that he chose us We don't have to earn his love. We don't have to do anything to earn it. We don't have to. We're not going to lose it if we misstep because we're going to misstep. Continuously. How many times a day? Yeah. I mean, all the time. But he just kept reminding me like, that's how I feel about not just me. Yes, me. But he was kind of saying in general, all my children. And it just really struck me. I was like, we need to talk about this today because there's people out there who one maybe have never felt that they don't know what that feels like or to feel like they've messed up most of us get caught up in the idea of god's done this great thing for me now what can i do for him and the the least we think we should do is serve him there is no way god called us to serve him we don't expect our kids to serve us we get to serve him I get to do things that represent my love, the best of my ability toward him, but he doesn't require it. What he requires is that I believe how much he loves me. And so, you know, we get this stuff sometimes from churches and church leaders and other Christians. Well, what are you doing for God? Mm. And that is not from God. Mm-hmm. We did not have our kids so they could serve us. That's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. When that comes out and we interpret it the wrong way. Yeah. Right. Because then we got caught up caught up in how we can perform. Mm-hmm. And I think that's offensive. Mm-hmm. I think that's offensive to God when we focus on how can I perform for him. 
He goes, I don't want you to perform. I want to be in relationship with you. Mm-hmm. That could lead us into a whole discussion on performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, and how we seek out the approval from others through yes. our performance. Yes. I mean, if you just look at, let's, um, you know, you're performing to um, get words of affirmation or you're performing to get a certain rank in something or you're performing to have a certain number of people who, you're, they're your friends. Or, I mean, let's even talk about social media. People get hung up on the fact that something doesn't have enough likes or something doesn't have enough attention. That's all performance-driven. Let's go to scripture reading. Let's go to prayer time. Sometimes we get so caught up in the performance that we think we have to read X number of scriptures every day or we have Mm -hmm. to spend X number of hours praying. God doesn't make that requirement. We get to dialogue with God. He likes it. He wants it, but he doesn't demand it. We get to spend time um, reading scripture, but that doesn't improve our, our status with him. That doesn't improve our relationship with him because you can't. Mm-hmm. We have everything, and it's, you know, Second Peter 1, 3. We have everything we need for life and godliness. So if we're performing, we're trying to perform for something we already have. Right. He says it's already yours. It's already ours. You know, I was thinking, too, while Josephine was swimming, I was thinking about the relationship aspect of, you know, my relationship with Christ. And just what you said, like, it doesn't matter what I go and do. It's going to make him love me more, love me less. But that also, on the flip side of that, doesn't mean I can just be distant, do whatever, never hear his discipline, never try to walk closer with him, never work on that relationship and think that that's going to be what it needs to be. Right. So the the difference is performance and action-based versus heart and relationship. Yes. I, because of the relationship, I want to do the stuff that I get to do. I don't, you know, we, we, we get caught up in this grace message, grace message. And and people all the time say, well, you're just saying that so so you can go sin or do whatever you want to. But because of the relationship, because of the fact that he lives in me and that's continuous, I don't want to. I don't want to go sin. If that's something you want to do, then you have a whole other set of issues Mm -hmm. that we probably need to talk about. I do not, it's not in my nature to want to sin. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I agree. And as I was sitting there, um, you know, I was thinking it again, back to the relationship. When we are, when people are listening to this, you might be out there going, I'm a little lost in what you guys are talking about. (laughs) Um, And it's also like just, Take it from the very beginning of your day. And you were saying, you know, some people feel legalistic or performance oriented to do certain things to make their relationship right with God, like reading, starting as legalistic as I need to start my day like this. I need to spend this much time like this. I need to do it in this fashion. I need to finish up at this time. That is more oriented. That's more action performance based. Now, if you need to have that much structure so that you stay consistent, that's. That's, that's something. That's something, yeah. But if you shift the gears and, and, like you said, realize that it's someone you just start your day with. It's it's like someone right there in your home. I think 
that if you begin a sentence with I need, then you're doing it for the wrong purpose because that makes it about you and not the relationship. I get to spend time with God. I like that shift. Yep. I do. Yep. Just that one word changes the whole mindset. The whole mindset because it's not about me. Yeah, it's not about you. Yeah. Right. It's about what he's done for me and I get right. to enjoy that. And then what he gets to do through you to touch other people. That's what I try to tell my kids is we're here to see how many people we can take to heaven with us. So that sets a lot of things in order. Mm-hmm. Now it's not up to us. That's right. That, yeah. That's, it's not up to us. They decide. That's a responsibility. But my thing is like, it's not about you. Yeah. Your whole day is not about you. It's about being a tool. Right. I, that sounds pretty base. And I mean, I just want to be a knife in the drawer yeah. or a spoon uh-huh. in the drawer uh-huh. that uh-huh. God uses in other people's lives. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think when we look at, so back to, um, I mean, people know my journey or if you're just tuning into this episode and you haven't heard ones before, you know, my Josephine that I'm talking about is adopted. And so the Lord started to whisper to me this morning. I mean, I've thought of this before, but today it's just fresh. Um, we're all adopted. Yes. We're all chosen. We're all adopted. We're all grafted into Christ and grafted into his family as sons and daughters. And I think when you feel that and go, hmm, like, he's my father. It takes on a whole nother a whole nother um, feeling, a whole nother aspect, a whole nother characteristic. A whole nother depth yes. in the relationship. Yes. Yeah. And he's not so distant. He's not just, you know, up there ready to slap your hand, <laughs> ready to, you know. Yeah. I, I used to think I required a two by four, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> Ask my husband. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, you know, no, it takes it to a different depth when we see this. And it's as base as you want. Scripture calls it Abba. Mm-hmm. And that's Dada. Mm-hmm. That's how close he wants to be with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We teach it as intimacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people are offended by that intimacy because it has sort of sexual connotations. But it's, it's still the same kind of oneness. Mm. that Jesus prayed for in John 17. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it as an intimate relationship with your father for the one that, that died for you, the, the one that, you know, took your sins upon himself, when you look at it as that, it takes off that this is not action-based. This is not performance-based. No. That is so rich in relationship. That is so rich in, um, you know, real, you know, realism and... Um, it's even hard to kind of put into words. Like it's just the opposite of performance and actions and doing. And um, it makes you want to, like when we just talk about even prayer, yep. instead of feeling like I start, I have to pray in the morning, I have to blah, blah. No, you can pray all day. He's yeah. right there. Yeah. In John 14, it says, I will be in you or with you forever. I will not leave you orphans. And that simply means you're not fatherless. Mm -hmm. And so when he says, I will be with you forever, that's two words. Mm -hmm. The word for is indicative of a time in in circular motion. And ever um, 
means in perpetuity, but it not only means future, but it means past. Mm -hmm. So he not only gave us a new future, he gave us a new past. Mm -hmm. So our past becomes Christ and our future becomes Christ. Mm -hmm. Be but because we died and were resurrected, we became a new creature and the old person is dead, we have a new past. Mm -hmm. People people live out of their history. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, but that history is dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. You could go there. Yeah. Like how many people are living out of, even if you um, are a believer, even if, you know, you have a relationship with the Lord, I, the enemy wants us there. He yes. wants you walking in your past. He wants you walking in what you've already been forgiven of. Yep. You don't have to ask for forgiveness on the same thing over and over and over and over, unless you're doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah, and and a lot of times we go, we move, this is my opinion, okay? This mm -hmm. is my opinion. A lot of times we move, we interpret confession as asking for forgiveness. Confession means to agree with. Mm -hmm. And when what we're agreeing to is that my behavior, what I just did is not consistent with who I am now in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so when I agree with that, I'm agreeing that it's already forgiven. That's the point of confession. Confession's not for God. It's for me. I am con I am admitting, agreeing that, man, my behavior is just not what it what what it is. What it's not consistent with who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just looking recently about. Um, oh, have you read I be religious affections? Uh -uh. Okay, well, it was just talking about the t the differences between what you just said, forgiveness and seeking true forgiveness over something that you are truly for, um, remorseful of and something that um, makes you like sick to your stomach, basically, that you do not intend or want to do again versus like kind of confession that's a little more surface maybe sometimes too, and you're not sure you have fully committed to not doing that again. Right. Um, I, I like the word remorse because we feel when you or when I, we go do something stupid, how do we feel about that? We feel really bad because it doesn't fit our new identity. That behavior does not fit who we are, and it's like putting. I, I can't. I'm. Wanna, I'm going to quote a guy, but I can't. Mike Wells. He said, "If you go and live in the matter of which you used to live, what you're doing is you're going out digging up a dead man and putting his clothes on, mm. and you're walking around in that dead man's clothing, and it doesn't fit. That's why sin doesn't feel good." Mm. That's why sin causes remorse. Mm. That's why that sounds so gross. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it is <laughs> and very terrible gross. And disgusting. It is all of that. <laughs> right. Right. It's all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so the Lord just really on my heart this morning, he just, he just, it was like this reminder and it wasn't even necessarily for me. It, I think he was putting this message on my heart to get out there for, you know, it's just the reminder that we're all his adopted children and he Amen. sees us how I saw Josephine in that moment Amen. and um, 
just come back to that place if you're not there of where you you feel his acceptance you feel his love you feel his open arms and and you don't feel like you have to perform or you have to do something first to get yeah yeah does josephine worry about if dinner's going to be served no she goes out she plays right your 11 year old goes out and plays your 14 year old Mm -hmm. goes out and plays they come home dinner's ready that's exactly what God wants. He wants us to expect and be dependent upon it's going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. You get to live in the freedom he's provided. Mm-hmm. And dinner's going to be ready. Right. It's that faith of knowing that what he says is true. Mm-hmm. It's it's that help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, right now I'm listening to a series on John um, by one of my favorite pastors, Joby Martin. And um He's doing, you know, dissecting John and just talking about, you know, the when they when they went to help um, the kid who was couldn't walk and was paralyzed and, you know, talking about just our unbelief. Like if we really examine and sit and ask ourselves, do we really believe he says he's going to do what he's going to do? Do we really believe he says who he says he is? Do here's a big one. Do we really believe he says who we are that's the big one that's the big one we believe it because everything flows out of that when you have a misbelief in any of those areas things aren't in alignment and what that causes to be true is that what god says about us is more true than what we believe about ourselves oh yeah exactly sorry this is a real podcast isn't it was something else it was beautiful i think that was our <laughs> interlude music in there <laughs> that was that was the 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 lord wants us to repeat that again if if rick can you remember i can remember because <laughs> it's god, big what we'll god, say it again what god says about us is more true than what we believe about ourselves yeah yeah and he says we're acceptable we're lovable we're perfect and we belong to him. He says we're beloved. Yep. No matter whatever anyone tries to put on you, usually it's about your actions yep. that they're claiming you are something. It's about something you have done, not who you are. Yep. And we take that on and we let it wound us and hurt us. And then we carry it as a part of us. And it's completely false. Completely. Completely, totally right. false. Only the Lord, only Christ can say who you are. And he calls you beloved. Isn't it fun to just sit right there? Sit right there. And he says in John 17, which is my favorite book, by the way, as well, mm-hmm. is that I want them to be where I am. Mm-hmm. And That's where is so he? good. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. And he's in us right now. Uh, yep. All the time. At the same time. All the time. Yep. And when you go there and you think about that, that means... We can act out of and move out of the power that he has, the power of the Holy Spirit that's in us. And that's a whole nother discussion. Oh my gosh. You just made me think that quote, I want them to be where I am. That's not something I can do. That's something he does. That he unites us with him so that we are with him where he is and he's with us where we are. Right. Because we don't want to be apart from that. I mean, we are nothing apart from that. Nothing. 
And if you're confused about that, it's so much harder. Everything is so much harder apart from him and his power and his love and his presence. Um, yeah, this is awesome, Rick. We're, we're diving a little bit deep. Yeah. But I like it. I do too. I do I too. I love talking about this. Thing. I love talking about identity. I love talking about mindset. I love talking about um, just God's heart for us. I think sometimes people try to make that too complicated. Yes. People try to complicate it because they want to participate in it on a level that doesn't require them. Or they're listening to what others say about it. Yeah. Which complicates it. It complicates it. And it's not complicated. No. You cannot manufacture this relationship. Yeah. Awesome. Cannot manufacture God's love. I cannot manufacture love at all. I have the capacity to experience emotions, but I can't manufacture it. Yeah, I love that. Well, I was looking in, um, you know, there's lots of scriptures in the Bible about adoption and about us as his adopted sons and daughters. Um, But in, in Ephesians 1... In Ephesians 1, 3, you know, it's talking about spiritual blessings in oh Christ. Oh, gosh, I love that verse. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm showing Rick my phone right now. <laughs> if you don't have, highlighted. it's all highlighted. <laughs> if you don't have the Bible app, get the Bible app on your phone. It is so great to just, I mean, I can't tell you how many times a day I open this thing up and you can just put a single word in and it searches all through scripture for that single word and everywhere where you can find it, different versions of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, it'll pull up um, devotions surrounding that topic and you can do a devotion. Now there's short videos. Um, It's it's awesome. Anyway. Can I say something? Yeah. If your listeners are struggling with who they are in Christ, read the first chapter of Ephesians. Read it because he defines the relationship and how it happened and what caused it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That, that's what this is. Definitely. It's telling you who you are and you why are. he chose you. Yep. And, you know, you're blessed um, because he chose you. Before, I mean, you, you were already chosen. Yeah. And we find redemption through him, through his blood and his forgiveness, and we're his children. Um, so, yeah, that's, I was going to end with that. Now I'm looking for, um, oh, here it is. And I, and for, in Ephesians 1 11, especially, it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. So it's, he already, he already chose you. He already um, chose you for his inheritance. Yep. And that, that's rich. That is very rich. Uh Very, very rich. Uh I was going to comment on the whole predestined thing uh, because Paul's writing this to Galatians Mm -hmm. and the Galatians are what scripture calls the nations, the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And so the whole predestination thing doesn't have to do with a person. It has to do with a people group. Right. And so the Galatians, the Ephesians, the Corinthians, Mm -hmm. the Romans, all of those Gentiles were predestined to become a part of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that aspect that it's, yes, I was predestined, but not because... Um, well, but because I'm a Gentile and not a Jew, 
the right. Jew, the Jews, right. Israel was God's chosen nation, and right. we were predestined to become chosen. Right. Yep. Right. Adopted. We're all, it's right back to where I you started. Know, I know. Right back. Right. We just went full circle, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's such there's such joy in that. Just know, this has been a fun topic. So just just know that He sees such. He's just full of joy when He sees you, when He looks at you, when He thinks of you. Um, and you're, you're his beloved. Well, this has been fun. Don't you think, Rick? I think it's been fun. I'm trying to figure out which button to push to get the music to start. I think it's this one. It is that one. It's a little quiet, but it's there. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's the beginning. That's okay. This will just oh. be one of those times. We'll just end it well. We're going to end it with our laughter for today. Laughter. Yeah, yes. laughter. Laughter's good. Thank you for having me. I, I th- thank you for coming on last minute. Yeah. I think we had a really rich talk. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. All right, will you guys join me next time for Pivot Points with Kristen Quillen? <laughs>